Hi, this is Matthew Gatosi from the future. Before you jump into this awesome podcast episode, I want you to know that some things have changed around here since this episode was published. This show was called How to Build an Audience, and now it's called How to Market Your D2C Brand. The setup is the same, but we now have more of a focus on who we are talking with and what we are actually talking about. So if you're confused, hopefully that clears it up. Lastly, we also changed our company name from Gutozi Collective to Guto Studios. A lot of rebranding has happened since season one of the podcast, but thanks so much for supporting us as we grow and change. Enjoy this podcast episode, and don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can listen to the new episodes coming out soon. Okay, thanks. Enjoy. Hey. If you love our show, How to Build an Audience, please consider giving it a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to this podcast. We are trying to help as many entrepreneurs, business owners, and creatives as possible through this podcast. And in order to build our audience, we need your help. A rating and review on Apple Podcasts bring more exposure to our show. Don't wait. I know you'll say to yourself that you will do it later, but head over to Apple Podcasts now and drop a quick review. Thank you in advance. Now, Let's get to the show. I remember when I first started having imposter syndrome and also being enamored with Steve Jobs. I just, I loved how he just like got up on stage. He had this massive screen behind him, turtleneck. Like he just, he always delivered such a captivating conversation. And he's obviously so iconic as founding Apple. But I always was like, man, I can't wait for the day that I'm there. I can't wait for that day that I'm there. And so much of my life, especially lately going through, you know, my recent transition of my journey um, is realizing when you get there, there's no there. There's only here. It's the journey that you're going through. Welcome to How to Build an Audience. We interview the top creatives, marketers, and communicators to help you become an expert at building an audience so you can grow your influence, increase sales, and effectively share your story. This show is brought to you by Gutozi Collective. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of How to Build an Audience. I am your host, Matthew Gutozi. Today I'm talking with Shada Tarabi. Shada is the Texas Cannabis Queen, which is not an easy title to carry in one of the most conservative states in the U.S. Shada is the co-founder of Restart CBD, blogger and Instagrammer for her personal brand with Shada, consults for other cannabis startups, and even recently started her own podcast, To Be Blunt. Before jumping into the cannabis business in 2018, she was thriving in tech as a manager and marketing for WP Engine. As she traveled for work, she started her own food blog and Instagram, Dine with Shada. As her following grew more and more, her interest went beyond just food. She rebranded to Just with Shada. As she worked full-time at WP Engine, she was working with major brands on her blog like Amazon Prime, BuzzFeed, Outdoor Voices, and more. In 2018, with her sister Sydney Tarabi, who we interviewed in Episode 2, started Restart CBD. Restart CBD is Austin's first handcrafted CBD brand that is nationally recognized. In this episode, we discuss Shada's start to blogging and the marketing world. We talk about her transition to owning her own business. We talk about how her personal brand has helped build her business. 
We also talk about how understanding people is the key to building a business. I would love to hear what you think as you're listening to the podcast. So reach out to me, Matthew Gatozzi, on LinkedIn or Twitter, and we can talk there. Now, let's talk to Shada. Matthew, you're asking the million dollar question. Okay. <laughs> so I like to kind of, you know, always start my story by saying I am a child of the internet. I grew up, you know, during the ripe old time where kids were starting to get personal computers. And I remember sitting in my room tinkering on, you know, different video games. Roller Coaster Tycoon was a favorite. Oh, love Roller Coaster Tycoon. Love that game. It was a little too much fun for me. Um, also grew up with MySpace. And I think MySpace as a social media platform was the first time that I could, you know, for those of you who remember, you could control your top eight to a top four with some custom CSS or HTML. And so I just got into tinkering with the web, being social, and that ultimately led and encouraged me to get a degree in marketing. So I went to school for marketing, majored in communications. And so to specifically answer your question about, you know, starting Dine with Shada, uh, born and raised in America in Austin, Texas, but have an immigrant father from Iran. So I think the Middle Eastern food is a really big part of the culture. And so whether that was a very clear influence on me at the time, um, you know, I wasn't like thinking like, ooh, I'm Middle Eastern. I love food. Let me go submerse myself in it but just you know group around family group around friends coming over sitting around a you know kitchen table and for me that's something that i talk about a lot is just food is communal it doesn't matter if you speak the same language as somebody it doesn't matter where you find yourself you know in this you know big beautiful world you could sit down across from somebody and share a meal and have this like really deep beautiful intimate connection and so I found myself graduating from college with that degree in marketing and communications. And I was actually working for a tech startup, which when I joined was very small. If you're from Austin, Texas, you might've heard of WP Engine. They are a managed WordPress host. So I share that to say one, it was a technical job. I mean, I was literally working in web hosting. So that nerd in me who liked, you know, just to tinker with things and see how things worked was very much fed. But then there was the other half of me, the marketer in me that I was basically hired on to do events. And I started out just kind of managing things in Austin, but as the company quickly grew and scaled, my role grew and scaled. And so I found myself in New York City, uh, London for the first time, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Arizona. I remember one trip we got to go to Ireland. And part of my job was to create these experiences for our customers to connect with our brand, which was WP Engine. And so I was looking up the best restaurants, looking up the best places to hang out and things to do. And so you know, it started out as something that I was doing externally for our customers and our community of just curating these really great dining experiences all across the world for our customers. And then it really, you know, started morphing into my application of it, which is I'm just a human being who loves this passion of people and community and culture and just being able to experience that with other people. Um, on all these different trips was so rewarding for myself. And then because we were a WordPress platform, WordPress being an open source blogging platform, really at the time now it's a website you know, platform, but originally started out as a blogging platform. Blogging was my first forte. So I launched the blog, dinewithshada.com, much more you know, faster than I launched the Instagram. I think social media was just a, another tool, another lever for me. But 
you know, I say a lot that I'm a selfish <laughs> person to the extent that I just loved what I was doing for me and I wanted a way to document it. And so that was really how I started. I just found myself traveling and having these passions and creating these experiences. And I remember it was actually a coworker at WP Engine who acknowledged out loud to me, you know, you love food. You always take us to the best restaurants, no matter what city we're in for work. Why don't you blog about it? And I was like, that sounds crazy. Like, why would I do that? Like, and this was really, I think, before influencers were really a thing. I mean, you acknowledge I'm so stunned you went back to all those old photos because oh, way back. I think it I think it shows you the the freedom that social media had. It wasn't post this many times a day. It needs to be this perfectly edited. You need to use hashtags and captions. It was just very raw me posting. And something that I'll reflect on that idea with that is from more present is um, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. I listen to his podcast pretty much every morning, especially during quarantine. He's been doing really great like Monday through Friday sessions. And he always talks about, you know, creating and documenting over having some sort of like formulation. And so just today's episode, he's like, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred followers or a hundred thousand followers. If you are creating content that you love, that resonates with you, that is the type of content that you young, you would have looked up to on the internet, then you're doing the right thing. And so I think for me, again, reflecting back on how I was when I started, I didn't really have any agenda. There wasn't a I'm going to do this because I'm going to go become the next big X, Y, or Z. It was just, I really loved creating community food and just building this connection around it. And so that's really for me, how I got into it and what still to this day kind of keeps me motivated. Shada has an impressive following and many accomplishments in her career. It is easy to overlook the years of hard work and dedication that it took to create her brands and businesses. I wanted to know the beginning of when she started to attract a following outside of just friends and family. Yeah, I will admit, I think when I was getting on Instagram, you know, there were some other accounts that were growing pretty fast, especially if you're from Austin, you recognize some of these bigger food accounts and I love them. I don't want to name names. I think, you know, it's not really relevant for the story, but I think you acknowledged a part of content that, you know, if you were a food blogger, you posted about food. If you were a travel blogger, you posted about the travel, the destinations, and there wasn't really this idea of a person being a brand. And that's something that I think, again, reflecting back on my early days, I wasn't really, so there's one aspect of being authentic about your approach. And there's another aspect of kind of just like, like not really being strategic. Right. And so I think I look back on how I was operating and it was very authentic and it was not very strategic versus now I can apply that, hey, building a personal brand is really the undertone for a lot of the success. And so I think for me at that period of my time, my life, when I was really getting on Instagram, I found success because I started transitioning from just food photos. And I would be curious, I need to probably scroll back myself and see how long it took me to transition to that. It took you a while, actually. Like It, it, it actually did? Took, yeah, it was interesting because the one real photo that you posted was you graduating from your master's. <gasps> and then there was another one, either quickly before or quickly after it, you were holding like a rib and doing some oh, sort yeah. of barbecue, but it took a really long time for you. So I think this is very fascinating. You're talking about this because you started just food and not personal. Yeah. And now it's like really has shifted. And I think that's where your success has come from. 
Right. I think that's the key point to probably highlight with other people is, you know, your success doesn't happen overnight. And also for me at the time when I was launching, again, I say the word selfish in a positive way. I really wasn't posting because there was some sort of gain. It wasn't like, I'm going to do this and then people are going to, you know, I think there's a lot of association with influencers. And I sometimes shy away from that word because I think we're all influencers. We're influenced by our friends, our parents, you know, movie stars to, you know, the dude down the street who I have a neighbor who's using a really cool piece of workout equipment. And I was like, I don't know you and you don't have Instagram that I can follow, but I want that equipment. You know, you're just, you're around this influence all the time and realizing, you know, I think over time, you're just trying to hone in on that influence and what that means to yourself. And so, yeah, for me, I probably was not being super strategic with social media as this transactional platform. But what I think I did do a good job was once I realized it was lean into me being the brand and using me as the filter to be relatable. Um, I think as a marketer, a traditional marketer, I went back and got my master's in business. You know, as somebody was like formal schooling, and I'm not saying you need formal schooling to have this education by any means, just saying from my experience, like reflect back on, I think there's like the, if I do output A, then, you know, result B is going to happen and that's going to lead to X, Y, or Z. Like there is a formulation to some things, but Again, it's just, you know, you ultimately are a person, you, Matthew, are a person, the follower is a person, and I'm ultimately a person. And so there has to be some sort of human connection, remembering that people don't do business with businesses, they do business with people, you know, it's why a salesman can do a really good job of selling you something because he's charismatic, or she's charismatic, and she's painting a picture for you something that you feel like you need or you want. And so it's like buying on that idea. And so for me, that's kind of the focal point of social media is, yes, maybe there is a let's say I'm a life coach and I'm trying to get someone to sign up for my course. There's a transaction or let's say I'm a small restaurant and I'm trying to get people in my doors. That's a transaction. But the story that you tell to get people to be excited about you, I think is ultimately like at a human level. And so for me, that's really where I think I started seeing the shift with social media was when I started putting my face out there, I will never forget. I, I just remember being out of the grocery store and somebody kind of came up to me and was like, are you, you're done with Shada, aren't you? And I just remember being so, you know, flabbergasted, like dumbfounded. Like I'm just a girl who's putting food on the internet and showing her face, you know, here and there. And, and I think that example is meant to just signify, you know, people are watching and they're connecting and they're building some sort of relationship to you. And so that's just like, it's a powerful thing when you realize that you're ultimately, you know, in control of being able to build that brand. So was that moment, that first time where somebody came up to you, do you feel like that was the first time where you realized, oh, this is not something that's just for fun. This is something that could be more than like for fun. Yeah, I think I've always felt connected to you know, influencing people. I would say when I've done my skills test, you know, I've done Myers-Briggs, I've done Strengths Finders. One of my results is always significance, achievement. I want to feel like I'm making some sort of, you know, impact. I want to give people some sort of takeaway, some sort of value. And I just want people to feel connected to themselves through watching me connect to myself. And so I think having people acknowledge that 
out loud to me was very cool because it was finally this first time of realizing, you know, that's the, that's what I think is so cool about social media. People are always like trying to figure out what's the algorithm? How do I create more content that resonates with audiences? You know, what's the hook? What's the thing that's going to get them to connect or to purchase or to buy or to engage? And what I ultimately resonate with, and this is probably like me being a bad influencer, me being a bad marketer is like, forget all that stuff. Like connect with people at a human level, like realize social media is meant to be social. So for me, I get a kick out of when people actually reach out and you can have a dialogue. It's um, maybe this is new information for some of you. Maybe this is, you're like, oh, she's so you know naive. She doesn't know. Um, I respond to everybody who messages me. You know, I wouldn't say that wow. I'm a massive influencer. I wouldn't say that I'm a super small influencer, but I think it's important when people are reaching out and they're connecting with something that you're saying that you at least have some sort of dialogue with them. And so, you know, unfortunately it does, I think, put people in a position of some people say, maybe I overshare, maybe it's too much, maybe it's too connected. Cause I certainly have people who try to reach out and they feel like they know you and they try to give you advice or overshare with you. But bringing it back to what is the purpose and the purpose for me is that community and building those connections. And so I just think it's it like that's part of it. You want to have those conversations like we're humans at the other side of the screen. You know, like I love that you said that you've been following me for that long. Like I didn't know that. I've certainly seen your account over the past couple, I think probably like a year and a half pop up. I think that we have some mutual friends that you've actually been able to meet in person, but like we haven't gotten to meet. And I just think it's so beautiful and cool that you know some things about me that ultimately is very flattering to me, but also makes me feel more connected to you and more connected to this community that we live in, whether it's Instagram, Austin, Texas, uh, small business owners, like whatever bucket it is. I just, gosh, I'm kind of like getting chills right now too. It's just, yeah. it's so cool. I think it that's is. really cool. And that's for me really the, the end game with all of this is as humans, we want to be seen and to see others and be known and be loved and reciprocate that. And so the best thing I can do is just put myself out there to the best that I want to share. Again, I realize not everybody feels the most comfortable sharing their routines on social media or talking about, you know, I think well, we could probably get into this a little bit, but I'll bring it up because I think it is really pressing for me. I started sharing a lot of content about my faith lately. And so as someone who has acknowledged, I used to be dying with Shada. So for those of you who maybe don't know me at all or have recently discovered me, I used to just be food because I was traveling. I was eating a lot. That was a big part of my life. It just made sense that that was my content. I didn't know that that content would evolve into with Shada. And so I had, you know, some people at the time when I transitioned two years ago now who were like, well, that was really smart of you that you made your name dine with Shada. And then you just dropped the dine. I was like, I didn't plan that. I wasn't thinking, you know, in the future, it's, it's, I, I share that to say that there's an evolution that's happening. And so as my content evolved, it was ultimately because I was evolving as a person. And so I spent a lot of years creating content then around wellness. I changed my diet. I started working out a lot. And I think that there was a concern with some people and even myself, I remember talking to them like, oh, but I'm dying with Shada. I'm a food blogger. I was going to ask you if there was, with you shifting to with Shada, like, did you feel like there was a pushback from people because you were sharing, I think, way more about you as a person holistically than like just food or like just the latest restaurant? I think there was a pushback. And I also think that there was more room for me to breathe being me, which I always 
strive for getting to your core, your center, whether that's business, professional, personal relationships. Again, like we're human beings and we're very fragile and we're living in a very temporary world. And so what are those things that I can create and kind of have control over? And then what are the things that I don't have control over? And so realizing I can control the content I create. Nobody is holding anything above my head saying, you must continue to post hamburger photos. <laughs> Part of the pain for me was I, I literally, and I think that health and body positivity is such a serious topic. I don't talk about it a lot because, um, because I just, I just don't, it's not really like a platform for me, but I definitely want people to be focused about what is best for them. And so for me, it was, well, I don't really want to keep eating these things for a camera or for an audience. That's not healthy for me anymore. So I'm going to change content. And if I lose people because of that, then that's okay. And so I would say the, the other iteration of that is presently, I own a cannabis business. I'm coming out, you know, very publicly on my platform as being a Christian. And those are two very conflicting things. And so again, I think that iteration and that evolution of this is me as a person, this is a platform I've built. And so it's not like, you know, I'm trying to say F you to the followers that I've built, but it's, it's, you are probably evolving too. So I'm evolving and I have the Allow control. Allow yourself to, to evolve and be authentic to where your life is now versus sticking to where you were in 2015. Exactly. And some people I've seen maintained some of the um, integrity of where they originally started their platforms. And they're very like, I'm a food blogger, I'm just going to post food like this is very much it. And I respect those people because I think again, it's giving ourselves the space and the freedom and the flexibility and the acceptance that we're all on different journeys. So my way to the top, and I will share this too, if there's any wisdom that people are gleaning from my story or my journey, it's great. I want to be inspiring. I want to give people some confidence or some insight into how to, you know, maybe navigate the system, but it's also something to acknowledge just because I'm on a podcast or I do public speak a lot, or I do host a lot of webinars, I'm comfortable doing these things. Some people aren't. Some people aren't comfortable making videos every day, holding their phone up, talking to a camera. There are things that you have strengths for and there are things that you have weaknesses against and you need to understand what those are and lean into those. And that's, you know, the beauty, the beauty of it. It's just, we're all made differently. And so I think there's both um, an exciting opportunity and a comforting realization with that. So it's just accepting kind of where you're at but then also creating space to grow. So for me too, I have been, I'm a human. I have been cautious and concerned about the content I'm posting and how that's going to come off and if it's going to affect my followers. And I'll honestly tell you, I think I've lost probably 300 people over the past couple months. Really? And I would be lying if I didn't say that it upset me or made me feel a certain way or make me question, oh no, should I have not changed that content? But then I always bring it back to what it is that I'm creating and why I'm creating. And so for me, it's really to create continuity again with my external and my internal. After the break, Shada tells us how she started Restart CBD and how her personal brand helped build her business. This podcast is presented by Gatozi Collective. 
We are a marketing agency in Austin, Texas that teaches entrepreneurs how to create content and market their businesses. We can do the marketing for you or teach you how to do it yourself. Are you confused about where or how you need to market your business or side hustle? We have a free course that will clarify your marketing strategy in five days that you can sign up online at our website, gatosicollective.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Shada started Restart CBD after already building a big following around her blog and Instagram account. I wanted to understand how she leveraged her personal brand to build her business. I think it's been integral. And again, I think I didn't know what I was doing when I was originally building it. And I probably have an upper hand over others in the sense that I majored in marketing and I got a job doing a lot of social media and events and external facing things. But I remember the first time I gave a public talk. And so I guess this is actually a thought. I think you asked an earlier question and I meant to say this thought too. Part of the way that I built my personal brand was very in person, you know, so talking about the digital and the physical. And so I remember working at WP Engine and traveling to events all over the United States, all over the world. And part of these events were there were people speaking and there were people who were influencers in the WordPress space and they were the best developers and the best designers. And I just remember going to these events and becoming somebody who was recognized because I was a face of WP Engine's brand in the early days. But I I hadn't like gotten into myself. Like I didn't really know who Shada Trabi was. It was like, well, there's Shada Trabi at WP Engine and she's this marketing manager and blah, blah, blah. And I remember having a friend kind of challenge me, why don't you get up and speak? Like you have a voice, you have something to say. And I just remember it's, um, imposter syndrome, right? You think like, I'm not good enough. What surely could I share with other people to have them resonate with me? And so for me, I think that was really my first challenge to myself to create this idea of like, who is Shada and what could she stand for and what could she speak against? And so it was just the encouragement of a friend that kind of snowballed into, man, I remember like I remember getting like accepted to speak in a couple talks, maybe like once or twice that year. Then the next year it was like seven or eight. Then the next year it was like 13 to 15. And just watching as I leaned into that uncomfortability of like figuring out what am I talking about? Who am I? That's when my personal brand started to form. And so I originally built my brand while Dying with Shada is probably my most successful iteration of it. I was very involved in the WordPress community and still am to some extent these days. I know a lot of people at WordPress and Automatic, the parent company, and all the people kind of in the open source community who make up that world and getting to grow a brand in that space and then kind of pivot it to social media where it's like cracking the door open a little bit more. And then you know, transitioning that into like building my own business and like leaving a company. And when I left WP Engine, so much of my identity was in WP Engine, I realized. I was like, wow, I'm only successful because this this place was behind my name. You know, I got accepted to speak at conferences because I worked at WP Engine. Well, now who am I? Well, I'm this Instagrammer. I have a blog. I'm a marketer. And so it sounds kind of clunky, but I'm sharing it in that way intentionally to say it didn't make sense what I was really doing. I just knew enough that I was, okay, I don't really know what I have to say, but someone's saying that I should get up there on stage and say something, I'll take the challenge. 
okay. And then it's, I don't really know what I'm doing on Instagram. I'm posting a lot of random content and I hope people are listening kind of, but I also don't really care because I'm doing it for me. Okay, that's cool. Now we're growing. And then had the opportunity to start my own business um, with Restart CBD. Yes, we're a CBD brand. Um, what I love about that is I get to have an online brand. So I do an e-commerce, which is built on WordPress. So I very much come from my WordPress roots in that regard. And then I have a physical brick and mortar space and get to do a lot of the same applications of like building WP engine, but like building my own brand. And so it's just kind of like the coalescence of, Hey, like, where do you connect with people? And so, because I love food, I love creating content and I love marketing. Those were all very easy pillars for me to build upon. And so I started transitioning my experience. Like if you looked at my, for example, speaker roster, pretty much up until like two years ago, it was like only WordPress events, like very niche. And then I transitioned to speaking and CBD and cannabis events. And I remember the first time pitching myself and I will share that as like a tip. If you, anything you see pretty much press wise about me on the internet, I've secured myself. I do not have a publicist. I do not like, you know, cross my fingers and pray that someone is going to ask me to speak somewhere or create a podcast with me or like you have to put yourself out there to be the recipient of those things. And so I very actively was pitching myself saying like, Hey, I've spoken at these WordPress conferences. I own this CBD brand. I've built this with Shada brand on Instagram. Like here's all these examples of why I'm a great speaker. You should have me speak at your event. And I remember literally just the imposter syndrome all over again of like, well, I spoke in this context, but I've never spoken in this context. So how does that make sense? And you just do it, you know, you kind of put yourself in that position enough. And now I think I've spoken at, I mean, it's been a shorter time just because um, we've only been in this business for about a year and a half, almost two years now, but I think I've spoken at probably eight or nine different cannabis events. And now I have that track record that as I want to continue growing that brand, my restart brand, I can reflect on what I did with, with Shada. I reflect on what I did with WP Engine, but now I'm doing it more for myself. And so I think there's that aspect of that transition from a marketing perspective, but from a brand perspective yeah, too, it's, it's, CBD it's, is an you know, especially product. in Texas, without getting it's into like CBD, a very conservative, you know, state. So I'm interested to hear Texas, more about how you market probably the hardest thing to market in probably one of the hardest states to market it in it's a nuanced product and i think that's where my with shada brand and my experience building wp engines brand really have come in handy i think when you are doing something that is kind of disruptive what people don't realize is as cannabis, we cannot take advantage of some of the same marketing tools as other industries. So like basic low hanging fruit, I cannot do Instagram ads. And I think people don't realize that those are some roadblocks and they're like, oh, but you know, CBD is legal, which CBD is federally legal thanks to the farm bill two years ago. So we have this legality, but what people don't realize is it's not regulated. So the FDA actually has not released regulations. And so therefore these big companies and platforms, you have to remember like Facebook and Instagram is a private company. And so they don't really want to put themselves in a position to be sued or break the law or get themselves in a bind. And so they interpret the laws probably over generously. And so I share all that to say very you know, simply, 
I cannot do the same marketing tactics that I would if I was a restaurant or if I was a salon or if I was a marketing agency. I just, I don't have the same levers. And so that has put me in a position to think outside of the box. And so I think with running with Shada from a local level, again, and putting myself out there, I've just built a lot of really great connections and friendships and support as a person in this community. I am a born and raised Austinite. I very much appreciate the platform that was, um, you know, kind of, I, I want to say given to me to some extent, I built and I earned it, but I think it's like a two way street, right? Like people have to choose to follow me. And so I, I'm very fortunate. I know a lot of small business owners. I know a lot of chefs. I know a lot of restaurant owners. I know a lot of people who are in the CPG consumer packaged goods space. And so that for me helped lay a foundation that when I went and launched Restart CBD, for me, a big success is always in the power of your network. So I always like to share, you know, your network is your net worth. And so the amount of people that you know, the amount of uh, opportunity that you can connect to, it's kind of like it's right there in front of you, you know? And I am also not the type of person that, um, you know, I just, I come to think of some ideas that have kind of happened for us. So for example, I'm friends with the guys who own Lick Ice Creams. I love Anthony and Chad. They're very beautiful, amazing, kind, sweet humans, and they make really good ice cream. And we're friends. You know, I would see them at different, you know, galas or shows or food pop-ups or food festivals. And they knew what I was up to. They knew here's with Shada, the blogger, but they also knew, oh, here's, you know, Shada running Restart CBD. And they're smart businessmen. They're hearing, oh, CBD's buzzy, CBD's being sold here and there, but like they didn't really know a lot about it, but they knew me, right? So there was like some sort of trust. And so I would see them at these events and they would say, how are you? And I'd say, right. I'm good. You didn't force the collaboration. It's fine. I was never like, do you want to make CBD ice cream? Yeah, I was just very organic and authentic of just like showing up as me and being an educated person and trying to share resources and using with Shada as that conduit. So again, it's like I could alienate some people by starting to post about cannabis on with Shada, but I'm also a business owner and I'm ultimately Shada. I'm not with Shada, I'm Shada. And Shada is a business owner and Shada also eats and Shada also works out and she, you know, she's this dynamic person. And so they approached us one day. They said, hey, this was last year, actually, right before April, because we did it around, um, actually, it was like during National Hemp Day. I think it was like May or June we did the collab. They called me and they said, hey, we want to make a CBD ice cream for National Hemp Day. We, you know, we want to do this marketing campaign for them. They obviously saw a branding opportunity and advantage. And then they knew me and trusted me. And so they approached us and said, hey, we want to do this. And it ended up being so much fun for them, so much fun for us. That ice cream flavor sold out. They remade it at least three or four times that season. I had people who were DMing us asking if they could get pints. I mean, it was just such a cool symbiotic experience that I I like don't even know how that would have happened had I not been building with Shada and been that person in the community. So again, I know not everybody listening is like, I'm going to go to social media and I'm going to, you know, see who my connections are or like even planting that seed. But if you're looking at it from the long game and I'm reflecting back on me, I've always been about community, authentic relationships, um, just creating a conversation and dialogue. And so that's who I then showed up as in this opportunity of, Hey, 
you want to make a CBD ice cream? I have CBD. Let's make a collaboration. And that example has happened so many times just with Austin brands who wanted to do something fun and interesting and incorporate CBD that it's allowed me to blend those two brands and those two worlds together. And it really just is a testament to like who you are at the end of the day. Who's your personal brand? What are you doing as the person, um, as the extension of your business? Shada has worked hard to meet people and network in Austin. I wanted to know how collaborations and networking helped build her business and brand. Yeah, I think collaborations is such a fun word because it really is so open-ended. And when you realize that you're like, we're all really selfish at the end of the day, we're all just trying to like figure out how it makes sense to us. And so I think going into it with that, again, not from a negative view, but from a positive view of like, what can I give and also what can I gain? And so just looking to one, put yourself in those situations to be seen by people. Um, before coronavirus, I was very active in a few meetup groups. Another freebie tip for you guys, business cards. It sounds so archaic, but as somebody who spent a lot of time physically at conferences, the amount of people who didn't have business cards was so astonishing. And just again, selfishly reflect back on yourself. You get home from a day of networking or from an event and like, what are the things that you resonate with? Like, what were those interactions? And for me, it was always like going through my business cards and remembering conversations I had with people. And I was just like less likely to follow up with someone that, you know, it was like, I'll send you an email later or something. Like you just, there, there's just different tactics that people can implore. And for me, it was like physically having something like we had a conversation and this is me, we made a connection, then following that up with an email, just creating some sort of dialogue. But I think, putting yourself out there. There's not a right or wrong way to do anything, I think. So whatever makes sense for you. Again, I always try to remind myself, maybe not everybody's comfortable going to a networking event or passing business cards out to strangers. But I think if you realize that those people on the other end are also just humans who are trying to figure something out for themselves, for their business, um, you'll start to find the people who are operating at the same wavelength as you. And maybe this is like a fun interjection to share too. I have a friend, she wants to be on this friend of hers podcast and he invited her on the podcast, but didn't follow up with her. And she's kind of followed up a couple times. And we had a conversation this morning where I was like, girl, you just need to let it go. Like not every connection you make is going to open a big door swinging wide open mm. for you to walk through. Like I love that. not every person you meet is supposed to be like this magic bullet that's going to like lift you up to the next level. So it's humbling yourself and going into every conversation again, like, yes, what can I get out of this? But like also who is this other person at the other end of it? And just kind of, you know, gauging the situation. And so for me, there are certain meetup groups that I find that I love going to and just showing up. Like, yes, there is obviously like a purpose, like I want to put myself out there, but sometimes I find when I just show up to things and have that open heart of like, let's just meet some new people. Let's just hear some stuff that's going on. Like, like when you reached out and asked me to be on the podcast, I could have been like, Hmm, well, what does he want from it? And what am I going to get out of it? And what's this and what's that? And obviously you have benefit because you get someone who's on your show who yeah. you think I'm is selfishly, cool. I think I'm, I'm, cool, but... I'm selfishly doing this podcast to meet people that I think have a great following not because right. I'm like looking to use their following. I'm just like fascinated of getting into their minds of like, how did they do this? 
I'm just right. using this podcast to do that. But that's it. It's like, yes, there's some benefit to it. It's like the strategicness behind it, which again, to reflect on myself, I've always been doing this, but I haven't been doing it strategically. Now there's some strategy behind it, right? It's like, yes, I, you have me on your show. You know, I'm going to promote it. You know, I'm going to post it. You know, I'm going to share. It's going to open up that conversation for your brand to connect to my brand. So there's obviously some sort of connection, but at the same time, it's not like, like if I said no, it's not the end of the world either. You know, it's like you ask for things, you are just trying to see kind of like what makes sense. And so again, I kind of share that to say, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but it's like actually doing the work, like putting that time in and investing into evolving and growing. And so, you know, I, for me as a public speaker, I think I can say this now. I kind of calculated yesterday. I think I've been public speaking for eight years now at this point. It's pretty cool. Um, and I remember when I first started having imposter syndrome and also being enamored with Steve Jobs. I just, I loved how he just like got up on stage. He had this massive screen behind him, turtleneck. Like he just, he always delivered such a captivating conversation. And he's obviously so iconic as founding Apple. But I always was like, man, I can't wait for the day that I'm there. I can't wait for that day that I'm there. And so much of my life, especially lately going through, you know, my recent transition of my journey um, is realizing when you get there, there's no there, there's only here. It's the journey that you're going through. And so realizing it's like, I'm going to try this today and this might not work. And I'm going to do this. And I might lose 300 followers because I posted a video about me talking about my faith and Oh, tomorrow I'm going to talk about cannabis. And Oh, then maybe Friday I'll finally talk to you about a new restaurant that's doing curbside. Like, you know, you're kind of testing, seeing what works out. You're putting yourself out there. Not every conversation you have is going to lead to that collaboration. Not every post you make is going to lead to that sale. But if I know enough and then to reflect on people who are much smarter and much farther ahead of me, people like Gary Vaynerchuk, you listen to him. All he says is show up as yourself. Yeah. It's not. That's it do something crazy over here or try to you know hack the algorithm over here or try to be viral. Me, yeah, for me it's just like okay, like what is in my control? What are my strengths? What am I good at? And then realizing that it's an evolution journey, it's not a destination that you get to. You don't get to success. Like you're either living it or you're not, and I don't think that that's a binary you have it or you don't. It's it's an evolution evolving, you know, rotation of Sometimes I'm on top of the world and I get asked to do really cool things like be on podcasts like this. And sometimes I'm a human being who's crying because I got turned down from a job opportunity that I thought I really wanted. You know, it's just, it's all kind of evolving. So I hope that answered your question about collaboration. I really believe in it. I believe in um, networking and people. And obviously, like I said, being strategic, but also just kind of being okay with like how things are happening. Shade has been building audiences in many different industries for years on different platforms, online and in person. Although the tactics are different, there are principles of building an audience that transcends each industry Shade has worked in. I think a common thread that I've observed is really around listening to the audience. The audience can tell you a lot and to reflect kind of on that, you know, one of the things that I've tried to incorporate is 
kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks and realizing that like from a tactical perspective, maybe the same content that I would create for WP Engine is not the same content that I would create for with Shada or for Restart. But I think content is a thread and ultimately that's what we're all consuming, right? So it's what kind of content are you putting out? What's that journey? What's that flow? And it sounds really simple. I feel like sometimes the world's worst marketer or the world's most truthful marketer on like debunking everything. It's really simple when you look at it through the lens of it's another human being at the other end of it. And you kind of start to put that against yourself. What do I engage with? What makes sense to me? And so, you know, with WP Engine, it might've looked much different than it has with Restart. But I think with Restart being the reflection of what I've been most recently doing, the customers that I have on Instagram, or I should say the followers that I have on Instagram aren't always necessarily customers. And so for me, it's been observing, okay, well, who's on Instagram? Who's buying? Who's on maybe, you know, we surprisingly show up on a lot of Reddit threads. I don't know anything about Reddit, but I know that there's people <laughs> on the other side of Reddit, you know, there's a human being. So like, how do I connect to them? And one of the things that, one of the things that you hear from a content creation perspective is video, video, video. But then like, what video do I make? How do I make the video? Do I edit the video? Is it me in the video? What am I telling people? Like all those different things kind of, you know, happen. And so with Restart, we created a YouTube channel as just kind of a, a space. It's no surprise. If you know about marketing or the internet, YouTube is, I think, the largest search engine beyond Google. I always yes. forget that. It it's is, it's, yeah, it's the second largest, but it's also owned by Google. So, so know, they're all in the top. It's kind of exactly. important. Yeah. But the power of that, of just realizing that's a channel that's not really tapped into. And so something that we've just been leaning into, we've just been creating content. I have some videos that have 2000 views. I have some videos that have 20 views. And just yesterday I got a five-star Yelp review from a customer who shopped with us at our retail location in Austin. And he was like, I love these two sisters. They have an awesome educational YouTube channel. I love their videos. And like, that to me is the summation of like this whole conversation. He's just one dude. And if I made all those videos for that one dude to go and have that positive experience that he felt enough to go leave me a five-star review, I did it. You'll take Not it. That yeah. I'm done, like bag everything up, let's go. But just to show, you know, you can create content, you can put it out there. And at some point, maybe you should step back and say, hey, which we have, we've looked at some of the videos we've created and we said, those aren't as popular as when we make these videos. Well, why don't we make those videos more? Because those are the videos that are getting more views. And it's like, I pivoting, you're pivoting. I was you're say pivoting. That was you're the just, word in my mind. Yeah. Pivoting. It's, it's kind of the word of, you know, 2020 coronavirus, unfortunately, but I think it's yeah. a very true word to use in this application of you might be on Instagram, you might be on YouTube, you might be trying to figure out, you know, how to even make your website be a little bit more functioning. You maybe don't like blogging. You know, I'm not a perfect marketer. If you look at all the content I've created over the past decade of my life, it's not really consistent. Sometimes I'm like, I'm a blogger, I'm blogging all the time. And then sometimes it's, I'm making YouTube videos. And sometimes it's, I'm just on Instagram posting nine times a day. Like who posts nine times a day? Nobody does that these days. In 2015, you can post nine times a day. You could, yeah, Gary, <laughs> three times a day now. So we're doing that. But 
you know, the, the thread, the commonality of all of that, I think is that creating the content and pivoting and iterating and just kind of realizing, you know, what platforms make sense for you to be on. And I do still advocate at the end of the day for creating your personal brand, because again, people want to do business with a person. And so it's not that you can't have your business have its website and your business have its landing page and it has its social media platforms, but like using you as this human being who likes to, like, I like to wake up at 6.30 in the morning and work out. I also like to, you know, have a little sweet snack before bed every night. I have a sweet tooth and maybe I find joy in going thrift shopping. Like those are things about me that have nothing to do with me doing business but they're everything about who I am as a person and why you might want to do business with me. And so it's wrapping that up and it's creating some sort of, you know, package, but it's, you know, it's your way of presenting yourself and your brand and your brands to the world. And it really stems from creating that authentic connection with someone. So. As we end the podcast, we will finish with a segment called Open Mic. We are going to end each episode by giving the guests a space to share about anything that is on their mind, more advice, or anything else that could be off-brand. I appreciate that. I think that's such a beautiful way to end your podcast. And I just want to say again, you know, thank you for the opportunity to come and tell my story. I never, ever take these experiences for granted because... Again, I can just be talking to you. I don't even know how many people are tuned in and I feel fulfilled. Like this was a beautiful way for me to start my morning. So I appreciate that chance. Um, To share something, I guess what's really been resonating with me is, especially in this time of coronavirus, you know, there's always the glass half empty or half full. And we talked a little bit about my spiritual journey. And so I don't really necessarily want to get into that, but just kind of putting the lens of, someone who is spiritual, whatever you believe in, if you just believe in like the universe is like got your back and karma, I think that's a great place to start. And so really leaning into what you can control, I think has been something that I've always struggled with. And it's especially come out during this time of coronavirus, because I want to be in control. I want to know if I do this on social media, it will have this outcome. If I sign up for this class, it's going to lead me to this more knowledge that's going to provide me this opportunity. And I just kind of want to give everybody who's listening permission to just exist and become more in tune and in peace with themselves. I think I struggled at the beginning of quarantine with expecting myself to have some massive breakthrough you know, oh, I've got to start this new business or here's all this unobstructed time. I'm going to really get my email marketing newsletter down, you know, and I think those are great things. I'm very motivated by goals. Like I mentioned, I'm an achiever. And so I think that having goals and a direction that you're going and a focus is really important. But I think also giving yourself that space and creativity to just be with yourself is so hard because we're constantly looking for a book a podcast, a conversation with a friend, some sort of external thing to propel us forward. And something that I have not very well been doing, but trying to, that it's given me enough confidence, I think it'd be relevant to share is just, I don't know if you guys have ever, I don't know if you, especially Matthew, have ever like talked out loud to yourself in the mirror. I have. Yeah. First, I'm admitting that first time out on this podcast, but yes. Okay. And how does that make you feel? It, it helps. Like, I mean, 
I think part of it is usually if that's like a, a space that I'm in doing that, something is like motivation. Like it's like I need to like, okay, it's time to get this together. Whether something's going wrong and I need to like refocus myself or it's like I see an opportunity and I need to like, yes, I do need to be focused, but like, okay, like let's get past this fear mm-hmm. to then take action. Absolutely. And I feel great after I do it. I love that. I think that's that's it. It's not a positive or negative thing. It's just like a space that you can go to that's like you connecting with you. And I, again, it, it sounds so simple. Like I had a friend really basically challenge me to do this. She's like, I know you should talk to yourself in the mirror every day. And I was like, yeah, dude, I talk to myself all the time already. <laughs> like I'm journaling, I'm praying, like I'm talking to myself. Don't worry. I've, I've got me covered. And then I realized why, why can't I just look at myself in the mirror and have that conversation? Like what's been so hard? Because I think, oh, when I'm driving, I'm talking to myself. And you know, before I go to bed, I'm laying in bed talking to myself. But taking time to just stare at myself in the mirror and like lock eyes with myself has been so beautiful and confronting. And at the same time, been so rewarding because it's just brought me so much peace to, yes, process something hard that just happened to me and give myself that space or also give myself that confidence boost to go forward and maybe take action in something that I've been neglecting. And that for me has just done so much for my productivity, for my sanity, for my my humanity, my health as like a person. And yeah, it's not some like I listen to this 25 hour meditative, you know, song before bed. Or right. I, Rain zone. you know, yeah, which those are great. I've been doing those things too. Don't get me wrong. I did a whole like detaching manifestation podcast a couple of weeks ago. I've been journaling every night. Like I'm doing all these things, but when you're trying to get back to, yes, like, yes, I'm a business owner. Yes. I'm an influencer. I'm a blogger. Yes, I'm this person on social media who people look up to because I've, you know, achieved some sort of level of success. But like, I'm also a human being who's trying to navigate. How does that make sense? What is my message? How do you talk about cannabis and Christianity and self care and like food and all these things? And then I kept like fighting, like, oh man, these are all such separate things. But then reflecting, they're not because they all exist in me. And so if if those things can exist externally then realizing that they exist internally too and just connecting those dots and so for me I'm just so appreciative I get these opportunities to talk because it's not just this is what a business owner looks like this is what success looks like this is what you know achieving Instagram fame looks like but this is what it looks like sometimes I talk about this and sometimes I talk about that and sometimes I cry on you know Instagram stories and I get a text from my dad like why are you crying on the internet I'm like because I'm in pain and I'm a human and it hurts and then three stories later I'm going to be telling you that you can do it too because you can like you just it's just allowing yourself to breathe into the present has just been such a gift to me and so if I can just impart that to other people it's really freeing. And I think that's when you can start to see, hey, these patterns in my life, all these experiences, I didn't know what I did when I got a job at WP Engine was going to lead me to founding with Shada. I didn't know being with Shada for the past six, seven years of my life was going to you know, lead to business opportunities with Restart CBD. We didn't necessarily touch on it, but for those of you who care about more of my story, it's all over the internet. I was in a really nasty car accident six years ago, and I didn't know that car accident was going to lead me to founding a CBD business. And you know, 
all those things, again, independently don't really make sense. But when you're able to be in a position of reflection and realize that I haven't made it, this is not by any means the end point destination, but this is just like a little bit of a plateau where I can step back. I can look myself in the mirror and I can say, it's hard and you're doing it and keep going and like allow that evolution to happen. So yeah, I just, I feel eternally grateful to be on a journey that allows me these conversations and opportunities to talk about all this really cool stuff because it's fun to go and apply all these marketing tactics and to, you know, figure out how you can hack social media. And it's fun when you post something on the internet and someone leaves a comment or makes a transaction or makes a sale. Like I'm sure you're going to be excited when you see, you know, 10 people, 30 people, 3000 people listen to this podcast. Those are achievements. Those are meant to be embraced. Um, but also giving ourselves some slack for that in between is really important too. This conversation with Shada has me feeling inspired to go out this week and genuinely make connections with people. I also want to give myself time to think about who I want to be as a business owner and how I want to share my life with others. You can follow Shada on Instagram at withshada and visit her website at www.withshada.com. You can also check out Restart CBD on Instagram and online. All the links to find Shada and Restart CBD will be in the show notes. Thank you, Shada, for being on the show. If you like this show, tweet me at Matthew Gatozzi. And if you really love this show, drop a rating on Apple Podcasts or your podcast listening app. And I will talk to you next week. This podcast is presented by Gatozzi Collective. We are a marketing agency in Austin, Texas that teaches entrepreneurs how to create content and market their businesses. We can do the marketing for you or teach you how to do it yourself. Are you in need of a logo? We have a team of creatives to help you with all your marketing and design needs. You can reach out to us by emailing us at hello at or visit us online at our website, gadozicollective.com. We hope that you enjoyed the show and we'll see you in the next episode.